Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Eddie Tate. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. You guys are getting better at this. You're not sitting down yet. Don't sit down. You guys know. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> We should just take turns and have everybody walk across the stage. It'll be like a car wash. <laughs> oh my God. You know, it's funny. We, we, we get in these environments, we laugh and have fun, and we sometimes spectate. And I'll be honest, for years I used to think, that's just ridiculous. That's blasphemous. That's not honoring. That's not Jesus. Thank God he delivered me from all those lies. But there is something up here right now. I am not alone on this stage. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Everyone follow the lead of your pastor. Just The river runs in low places, so Oh my gosh. I I said that somewhat jokingly, but honestly, if you're able to put yourself on the ground, just let go of your pride, let go of everything. There is something significant about a river that's flowing through this house. In fact, we were just at in Palestine at camp meeting and somebody gave me a word and the, signif- the significance of the word I didn't understand but I felt the weightiness of God and they said there's songs in the river there are songs in the river there are songs in the river and God is doing something right now there is a washing, there is a cleansing there is an As we go lower, we are being increased. Wow. If this is really weird for you, I'm not sorry. But just be in your own comfort level. I don't want anyone to feel forced to do anything. But sometimes we have to position ourselves. We position ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally to receive the invitation of what God wants to do in a moment. There is something going on right now. Wow. Wow. I can actually feel the temptation of being distracted walking through the room right now. I break off the temptation to be distracted. I speak clarity of his presence in this place right now. Father, I ask that you would come with your glory, that you would sweep across, that you would just sweep across us, Father, that your presence would wash us, God. Wow. 
It's been said many different ways tonight already, but we want to keep the main thing the main thing. And when he's here, we don't want to have a message about someone that's already standing in front of us. So, Father, we just relinquish our control tonight. We say, Father, thank you for coming and encountering us. Thank you for washing us, God. Thank you for taking off all of the stress, the anxiety, the pressure, the fear, the concern, the worry. Thank you for washing it off of us tonight, God. Thank you for allowing us to be cleansed by the purity of your presence, by the glorious nature that comes only from you, God. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Turn your minds off. Turn your brains off. You can't think yourself into freedom. But you can submit yourself and be swept away by the river of God into a place of complete freedom. So, Father, we just say we release ourselves tonight to be swept away by your presence, God. We expect the glorious sanctification that comes from your presence, God. We have an expectation on our hearts to receive the fullness of what you're going to do in our lives tonight, God. Father, we do not need to hear about what you can do. We want to just be in the presence of what you're doing. Wow. Father, I pray that your healing nature just comes through the room, God. That disease, pain, injury is cleansed in your presence, God. Wow. Wow, I just, I literally see the word debt being washed off of people as the river of God goes across you. Like literally see the words just almost being smeared off of you by the washing of his presence. Thank you, Father. The worship team's joined us again. Just come on in and go low. We're just letting ourselves being bathed by the river of God right now. If you're able, put your hand on your head. If you're able, put your hand on your head. Say, forgive me for putting you in this box, God. Forgive me for putting you in this box. And give yourself permission right now. Say, God, I just release my fears, release my limitations to what you want to do in my life. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I am so thankful for an offensive Jesus. One that doesn't worry about my concerns or my fears and my limitations. I'm so thankful for a Jesus that doesn't think about my religious limitations, my religious expectations and thoughts, but one that comes to free me fully. One that comes to wash me clean and to show me the fullness of my identity in him. Thank you, Father. I love this. 
I see some people sitting, and then I see some feet just poked up behind chairs. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone would like to just hover by the ceiling, you're allowed to do that as well. You know, I, I don't know why I'm getting these funny pictures right now. Have you ever, you ever had like a staring contest with somebody and they try to get you to blink by getting closer and closer and they get in your space, kind of like you're in my space, get out of my space, but they're trying to win. I almost feel like Jesus is creeping in closer, like when are you going to back away or are you going to stand your ground and let me get so close that my exhale is your inhale? When are you going to be so close that you are so uncomfortable by what I'm doing in this moment, but you are not willing to back down? Oh, man. Break off all of my fear, all of my limitations. Break off my desire to be comfortable. Comfort is so overrated. The only place I want comfort is in the comforter. Wow. Oh, man. Man, I love it. We had like 20 visitors, I'm thinking. They're like, oh, my gosh. What have I done? Let me just say you made the right decision for a Saturday night. We'll see what decision you make tomorrow morning, but right now you're doing well. Oh, Jesus. All right, I'm starting to think I'm a really bad preacher because every time I'm scheduled, God does something special. He does not like me speaking, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Father, thank you. Wow, Father, thank you. Wow, just begin to let your mouths be the incense of heaven right now. I literally see, what, you know, my wife spoke about this yesterday on the way home, and I kind of like, ah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm literally seeing right now little wisps of incense starting to float from the room. Just let your mouth become the incense to heaven. Just begin with your own lips to begin to thank God. Not for what he's done for you in the past. Just thank him for being him. Thank him for the glorious nature that only he is. Thank him for just being in a place where he can be free. Just thank him with your own words. Wow. Literally see the incense of heaven. Wow, it is a sweet smell in the nostrils of our Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. <laughs> I was feeling it earlier. Okay, that's confirmation. As you guys were laying there and I'm seeing the water wash across, I literally felt like there was... Uh, again, there's waves of this happening, but there's infertility is being washed off of bodies. And it's actually 
cleansing water of his presence that's actually bringing a fertility to bodies right now. And this is not just for the women. This is for men and women. There's a fertility. There's a cleansing coming over bodies right now. Joaquin also said he saw fallopian, fallopian tubes. Is that, I can't think right. Yeah, I'm thinking Philippians. Fallopians. Philipp, Philippian tubes. I don't know where in the Bible that is, but um, fallopian tubes getting healed right now. Man, it is saucy up here. Woo. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Father, I thank you for healing. Healing in the waters, God. I think what happened is the angel got sick of the pool of Bethesda. He kicked over a rock and it turned into a river. It's the river of Bethesda coming through right now. So anyone that's, in, anyone that's here touching it can be healed. Wow. If you have tinnitus ringing in your ears, some sort of deafness, loss of hearing, ear infection, like chronic ear infections even, even things in your canals, like your ear canals, if any of that is, is in this room, it's just being washed away. Just being washed away. If that's you, just stick your finger in your ear. Don't wipe the earwax on the person next to you. Just stick your finger in your ear and just proclaim it. Just say, Father, I receive in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, God. Come on. Cancer. Cancer in the body right now. You must go as the river flows in Jesus' name. We just speak cancer to leave this room right now in Jesus' name. There is a washing and a cleansing right now in Jesus' name. Father, for those that are watching or will watch, you are not limited by time. So God, I thank you and I agree for the healing for those watching online and those that will watch in the future to receive the healing grace that's in this room right now. Thank you, God. This is keeping the main thing the main thing. Allowing him to do what he wants to do. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you for the partnership that happened in this city tonight for worship. I thank you for people that gathered together to see your name glorified in our city. But God, we say we're not satisfied with an event. We'll be satisfied with an empowering presence that rests on a city that changes the definition of what a city is known for. God, we thank you that you're coming to restore your name as the name spoken out of a city, God. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Yep, there it is. Oh, man.
Father, we just thank you for restoring joy to our hearts, God. God, we thank you for restoring joy in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of chaos, God, that you are restoring joy, that the standard of joy is not affected by our surroundings, but it becomes the standard of our surroundings. So God, we thank you for restoring joy to us right now. And God, I thank you that the accompaniment of joy is laughter and happiness. It's not the definition, but boy, it loves to accompany joy. Joy is a position of our hearts. Happiness and laughter are the outflow of joy in our lives. Wow. God, thank you for keeping mystery in front of me, God. Thank you for not letting me understand everything that's going on. See, you have to become thankful for the things that are actually gifts from God. It's a gift to have mystery in your lives. It's a gift to have unknown things, questions, unanswered questions, that is a gift. Why? It keeps us plugged into leaning into the one who is the answer, who is the source. I don't want to know everything. Because I want to have such a dependency on who he is that he is the answer. Wow. I, want to, I just want to touch on this just because there are people that may not understand, but what's going on in the room when people are screaming and laughing and having outbursts? We're not concerned by those things. We're not afraid of those things. And we're not distracted by those things. Every person is having a different level of encounter with his presence right now. All I want to do is make sure that I don't take my eyes off of him to see how someone else is experiencing him. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior to learn how to not let the wind and the waves actually take your eyes off of the one who is the stability in the situation. First time I remember somebody laughing in church, I thought, how horrible. They're laughing. They should be crying and sad because that's what church is. And then I read my Bible and I didn't see that sadness was actually a fruit of the Spirit. Seriousness was definitely not in there listed among the fruit. But joy was. If I get distracted by what's going on in this room, heaven's going to freak me out. Because you're going to have four living creatures with eyes on the outside and inside. Different heads. 
People sitting on their thrones constantly by the response of his presence, falling on their face, casting down their crowns. You're going to have the doorpost shaking, thunder and lightning and rainbows. And that's the mild stuff. Man, if this is going to distract me, how, how easy am I going to be able to focus on the one in the midst of all of heaven? I feel like this is training ground for us to be prepared for our heavenly encounters. Who wants to go to heaven right now? Who wants to go to heaven right now? Don't, don't, don't just say it because it's the right thing to say or the cool thing to say or it's kind of, because I'll tell you one thing, it's freaky. It's scary in the best of ways because what it does is it removes all things that I know to be real and adjusts them to the only thing that is real. If you want that right now, just put your hands out. I don't care if you're laying down, sitting down, standing up, it doesn't matter. Put your hands out. You may hear sounds, you may hear all kinds of fun stuff going on. Some of you may actually encounter living creatures. But right now, with your words, see, your mouth has the authority to take you places. I have an authority to pray over you. You have an authority to take yourself someplace. So right now, say, Father, take me to your glory. Just close your eyes and in your mind's eye, allow God to actually show you who he is, where he is. Some of you are going to encounter him in natural places in your mind. That's okay. Some of you may go to empty places. That's also okay. It's not about the way we do it. It's the fact that we let ourselves. So, Father, right now, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to come. Take us into the heavenlies, God. Take us into the place where we see you in your fullness. I actually, I, I'm, I'm sensing right now, I can kind of see it, that someone is actually riding a hang glider with God. Like, you're flying, but you notice that you're actually strapped onto him, and you're floating on the wind. Is anybody, is anybody feeling that? Can't even see up here. Wow. Father, take us to the heavenlies. Just, just with your words, periodically, when you feel like, okay, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to take another step forward, just ask him, say, Father, take me to your glory. Father, take me into your glory. With your words, as you're ready, you'll know if you're ready to move forward. Just, Father, take me in. Wow. Wow. Yes. I'm actually seeing tongues of fire type visual. What I'm, what I'm actually sensing is that as some of you actually ask for that step forward, 
you're going to step into a baptism. There are people that have never spoken in tongues or had a prayer language. That's going to happen. And you may feel like, oh, okay, I'm ready to step forward. And all of a sudden, you'll start mumbling and speaking in another language. It's okay. Some of you are actually going to begin to feel fire. Like tangible heat. I don't mean just like, ooh, the warm, fuzzy spiritual fires. I mean, you're going to feel physical heat on your hands. And I, thank you, God. There's at least two of you that are going to feel it on the soles of your feet. I'm actually speaking over you right now to step into the mission lifestyle. God's actually calling two people in this room to step forward into the missions. You feel fire on the bottom of your feet because he's calling you to make footprints of his glory in the nations. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, thank you for keeping the main thing the main thing. Thank you for allowing us, God, to just spend time in your presence. God, I thank you for my outward worship that is is my praise to you, Father. But God, I thank you for the response of your presence that draws near to me. I thank you for the pursuit of your presence on my life. And God, as you draw close to my face, I will not move. I'm not offended. I'm not uncomfortable by the nearness of your face, God. Thank you for the invitation of the lover's kiss as you draw near God. Father, as we are focused on you, I ask that you would come with a a wave of your love. The full agape love. more of your love, God. I, I see that the love of God is actually going to saturate some of you. There are some men in the room that are going to learn what it means to be a man by breaking under the love of the Father. Just stay, stay in this place. Do not disengage from what he's doing. I'm not going to go into my message, but there are some just thoughts that have been stirring in me from my message that I just want to speak a few thoughts. But don't disengage with what he's doing with you to hear what I have to say. Those that are supposed to hear will hear. fact that my message was going to be not against but to talk about the things outside of what we're doing right now (laughs) 
there's more to what we're supposed to engage with than the encounter moments. There is a steadfast consistency. There is a living out loud with our lives that is supposed to be the beacon of light for those around us, especially in these seasons. And the Saturday night, Sunday encounters and the closet passion for God. And I don't mean that in the negative way like you're hiding. It's just some of us are so passionate in our prayer closet. Some of us are so passionate behind closed doors. We're passionate when we come into a corporate gathering. But there is something being asked in our spirits to live out loud. To actually be those that see his glory in everything that you encounter. And to be able to have the ability to show the world around you, those that know him and those that don't, to show the fullness of who God is in and through your life. Now that doesn't mean that you don't face the same trials. It doesn't mean you don't face the same circumstance. It doesn't mean that you don't have to go through the same things that other people are going through. Being fully surrendered to God isn't a ticket to an easy lifestyle. But it's a ticket to the source that gets you through. And what people need to see is the consistent, steadfast, unwavering gaze into his eyes that keeps us unwavering in our faith, unwavering in our devotion. That our outward words line up with our outward lifestyle. There's something about living out loud that people that have never spoken to you and only see you from afar can proclaim that person loves God they are surrendered to something that I may or may not know of but I am I am without a doubt 100% that they know something because they've never changed their focus I am supposed to share this. So a few weeks before New Year's, I actually had this burden on my heart. Like, God, I want to return to a mantle that was over my life for many years. It was this thing I was known for in all circles. And it was a blessing of God on my life. I don't want to go into details on it, but it's just something that I remember when it lifted and I remember yearning for it for years. And I, for some reason, I was stirred up. God, I know I'm returning to that. I can feel it. It's like, oh, there it is. I'm about to apprehend it. And in my mind, I was like, I cannot wait for 2021. I can't wait for New Year's. I am going to have a brand new year full of that thing on my life. And God simply said, you're going to wait for what society has determined a new beginning when I've shown it to you today. And it was this, oh my gosh, without realizing it, I've aligned parts of my life with my circumstances in society. My calendar sometimes is aligned by what everyone else is focused on, not what he's inviting me to. And I was like, oh God, 
I don't need to wait for New Year's. I need to just say thank you and receive the gift and the offering that you've returned. But what that did is that stirred something in me like, God, where else in my life am I aligned with something that's not 100% you? And I don't know how you work with God. You know, some of us have the audible voice. Some of us see the writing on the wall. Some of us have these glorious encounters. I do get those periodically. Sometimes I just have really smart thoughts and I know it's him because I'm not that smart. Anybody else had that? You know, you, you have a thought, you're like, yeah, that's God. <laughs> I couldn't think that up if somebody told me. I couldn't even repeat it that good. And I felt like God had said, just in my thoughts, one of the things the enemy has done in this previous season is that he has taken as a society where we get our decisions from and how we receive information and he's broken our trust in those areas. In government and media. That we actually have been victims to now see who makes decisions and where and how we get information and the trust was broken. And we've stepped back from being able to trust And how many of us have allowed it to actually layer over our relationship with God? Like, God, I'm not sure I can trust you. And I don't know if I know where to get my information from now. Like, the enemy's coming in secretly in society to break down the faith of people in God. And not just the believers. Those that are watching the Christians in the world flounder and thinking, they're not doing anything different than I'm doing. I can't trust someone that isn't steadfast. I can't trust someone that's not always connected. Not that they're always doing it right or well, but that they always can see that there's a connection to the source in how we receive and respond to things. God, forgive me for allowing myself to partner with distrust. Regardless of the things that I have seen, the true examples of the breaking down of trust, God, forgive me for allowing my heart and my posture to actually partner with distrust. Because God, if I'm If I'm connected to the right source, there's never a lack of trust. My words can't change to fit the circumstances I'm living in. My words should be so consistent that they define how I respond to the circumstances I'm living in. You know, in this season, I have never, personally, I'm not... I'm, I'm almost 50. I've talked to 70-year-olds. Like, in my lifetime, I've never seen this much division, this much one side or another. It's almost like in society, you cannot have an opinion without being judged for which side you've fallen on. And I remember in Joshua, when they came, and there was the angel of the arm of the Lord, and he said, are you for us or for our enemies? And he said, No. That's a good answer. Are you for red or are you for blue? No. 
Do I have an opinion? Yes, but what am I standing for? I'm not standing for that. Are they real circumstances that we're living in? Yes. But where am I rooted in? Where am I focused on? Am I focused on this party or this party? This president or this president? This lie or this lie? This truth or this truth? Am I focused on how bad it is here, how good it is here? Am I focused on, oh man, you believe that? I can't trust you anymore. Or am I so solid that my gaze does not leave your eyes? That when I'm asked, who are you for? I'm sorry, I, I know somebody's talking, but I'm in love right now. I'm just so awestruck with the gaze of my loving father that I don't even want to bring my gaze down to see who asked the question. How many of you have ever walked up to somebody and you walk up and they're just staring at something? What do you do? You kind of go, what are you looking at? You adjust your gaze to see what they're so fixated on. I want my gaze to be so fixed on him that every person that looks at me says, I can't get his attention, so I might as well figure out what's got his. And when they turn and look and they actually see the Father's face, I'm not worried about the outcome of what I'm doing. I'm not going to be swayed by the responsibility I've put on myself to change someone's life. Because if I can stay fixed in his eyes, their lives get changed. talking to one of my daughters and I said I had this encounter with God where actually it was in a prayer time Joaquin and I were having and we just started just we kind of almost felt like we entered into a room of the heavenlies and we saw blueprints on a desk and it's like it's the plans of heaven it's the blueprints of heaven and it was a very prophetic moment and we're speaking into something and I, I actually got convicted and saddened in the moment because I was so fixated on what is the plan of God? And I, I literally almost tried to, in the spirit, like, God, show me your blueprint. Show me your plans. But then something inside of me, like, was burdened. And all of a sudden, I realized, I'm like, God, I don't even want to be distracted looking at what you're looking at. Because if I see you look at something and I turn my affection and my gaze to that, I'm now doing something for you. Which isn't bad, but I'd much rather be so fixated on his face and have him so near to me that I see those same blueprints in the reflection of his pupils. What if you were so close to the face of God that you saw everything he saw, but it was because it was the reflection of through his eyes because you were so fixated. Now I'm no longer doing something for God. I'm doing everything with him. You know, my best friend, I have a couple of them, I'm blessed, but if Joaquin walks up to me 
And he comes near and he comes near. And there's a certain point that I'm going to step back. <laughs> As his face gets closer, there is going to be a point where I kind of adjust myself. But if my wife actually comes near like that, I actually, in my heart, I already know if she's coming that close, it's an invitation for intimacy. She's wanting a kiss. How in this season, how in, in what's going on have we postured ourselves with the face of God? When he draws near, do we kind of protect ourselves like, whoa, hey, I can't, I can't see everything going on. You're getting in my business. Or when he draws near, do you actually realize I'm not supposed to look at anything else and do you engage with your lover's kiss? I love talking about intimacy with the father and lover's kisses when men are in the room. Makes some men really uncomfortable thinking about kissing a man lip to lip. I'm kind of saying that as a joke, but I'm really serious about that because the thing is, is we as a culture have determined what we are comfortable with and what we're not comfortable with. And we've allowed ourselves to let what society says is natural or unnatural become our comfort levels. Because if my father the one who loves me more than anyone comes face to face with me. I want to embrace him. He is our father, but he's our greatest lover. We are his bride. There's intimacy in this season that is so available. I'm going to say something that may or may not be popular. I'm not sure, which is an easy statement, that everything that's gone on wasn't something he allowed. Maybe even something he created. That's not a popular thought. But the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Why? Because there was a promise on the other side. I love how Bill Johnson says it. I think he says it like, God will never lead you into a wilderness without a promised land on the other side. I think about when Peter walked on water. Jesus invited him out. He says, come. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, I will come. And he says, it's me. So he gets out and it says he walked. And then he became aware of the wind and the waves. And what it, what it actually says, if you break down the words, it says he was afraid of the effect of the wind and waves. Who controls the wind and the waves? Jesus. In Mark, it tells us that he commanded the wind and waves and they stopped. Why? He is in control of the wind and the waves. So when he asked Peter to come out, who created the circumstances that Peter actually found himself feeling in? He did. Because he wanted Peter to stay focused on him in the midst of what he had actually created. Because what's the end result 
when God allows us to be affected by the circumstances around us. Help me, Lord. That's when you cry out. Am I saying God created everything going on? No. I'm saying I don't know. But I'm not opposed to the thought that God is allowing things to happen to let us actually walk through something to strengthen our dedication, devotion, and passion for Him so that when we come out, we are the strength that we need to be for the society around us. I really believe that there are people that have been in the church that have fallen away because of what's gone on. I've never seen a time where you can have Christians that have been friends for years that find out one of them believes politically a certain way and now they can no longer associate with them. Where is your, where is your relationship grounded? There are people of the faith that have fallen away. There are people in the world that are confused. But the steadfast path that we are on, the unwavering commitment to following him, our eyes on him, fixed with the gaze, not allowing distraction to take our gaze away. That is going to be, I am saying this now, that is going to be what society and people are going to come back around to. There's going to be a coming back of people. We're not just going to see the return of those that were lost. We're going to see an increased harvest of those that are lost. They're going to see something that is unwavering, unshakable, and the only thing that stayed consistent through all of this. And it's us being unrelenting in our dedication and focus to God. If you keep the main thing the main thing, if you do not let your eyes break gaze, you are going to be the most strong influence in your surroundings. You're going to be the brightest light in the darkest times around you. You're going to be the one that people come to and say, I've seen you go through hell like I have, but you haven't been affected the same way. You've never stopped being a hope bringer. You've never stopped saying, I know this looks this way, but he is still in control. I know I'm still loved to the fullness of heaven's capacity because my father adores me. None of that changes. And when my message stays consistent, those circling around go, okay, I now need something that has been stable. And where are they going to come? to those of us that are able to remain fixated on Him. I want to invite us to something. The word repent or repentance means to turn away from sin. But I actually think we need to do a repentance act and turn away from distraction. Because I'm up here preaching this because I'm going through the process of realizing I've taken my gaze away a few times. I want to be the lampstand. I want to be the steady road. I want to be the thing that people come to and say, you have something I need. Is it for my glory? Not at all. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Why? Because there are those of us that can keep our eyes so fixated, people find God through us. How do they do it? Our eyes are so fixated that they come alongside and go, what are you looking at? Oh my gosh, it's real. I feel like we do need to do a repentance act. 
not everyone, some of you have been steadfast through this process. But if you're to take an honest inventory of your heart, your actions, your emotions, some of us are going to be able to say, I've taken my eyes off of what I was supposed to. I've actually partnered with sides. I've partnered with debates. I've partnered with conflict. I've partnered with even opinion. You know, opinion can be the the greatest threat to truth because when you overlay your belief system over his, you've actually masked what's true. This is what I want us to do. This, here's the thing. I feel like I'm almost rewinding what he's already done. But I truly believe that sometimes we can step into a place where we allow an encounter to happen to us, but we haven't actually made some sort of declarative change in our lives that invites the encounter to rest on us. I don't want my life to be very fluctuating based on the encounters I have corporately or with God in between all of the other stuff. I want this resting presence of truth, peace, righteousness, joy, self-control, gentleness, kindness. I want those things to be resting on my life. I want to be so fruitful in my adoration for him that others can come and feast. And God's already come and he's done some... Some of you have testimonies tonight that are the greatest testimonies of your life up to this point. Because he came. He touched us. But some of us actually need to make a step to say, I don't want an encounter-based lifestyle where I go from encounter to encounter. Is that good? Yes. Is that right? Yes. But what if we actually lived a life where it's like, I'm going to stay in the standard of who he is and the encounters are actually the things that take me from glory to glory, to glory, to glory. That I actually don't go up and down. I actually go up and up and up and up. Because the steadfastness keeps me connected. The encounters take me higher. You don't need to come forward. You don't need to go anywhere in particular. You don't even need to stand up. But I do want to invite you into an opportunity to repent. And I, I, I saw this visually. I feel like it needs to be a physical act. And repentance means to turn away and turn towards the face. If you feel like there is something that you are aware of that you're like, God, I struggle in this area. I don't want to let this go. God, I struggle in this area. This is my life and my surroundings. 
But God, I need to let this go because I want that standard in my life. I want that stability, that consistency. If you know there's something, and please, this is not a time to do the right thing in God. There's a time for us to be like, okay, in faith, I'm going to step forward. Yes. This is a time for decisions. Because what I'm going to ask of God in this moment is that he does whatever he needs to to answer your request. And that might be breaking down a lot of things that you hold dear. Because sometimes I need to let go of my treasures to receive his. But there are times that I don't want to let go of my my treasures. I want to hold it all. Maybe I'm the only one. But if you feel like you are in a moment where, okay, God, I recognize there's an area of my life that I need to repent in. There's an area I need to turn away from. It could be a distraction. It could be a thought. It could be an opinion. It could be a lifestyle. But if there's something that you know, I need to repent. I need to actually stand up. And in a moment, I need to turn and look into your eyes. If that's you, I do want you to stand if you're able. Father, right now I ask that as we step into this place, God, as we step forward, as we say, God, I'm trying hard, but God, I need you to come and I need you to help me completely surrender this area of my life that's inhibiting me from seeing your eyes and your eyes only. God, I pray that you would take away the distraction, that you would take away the decision, you would take away the opinions, you would take away the lifestyle choices, you would take away the things that have prevented me from staying fixed on you. And in a moment when I say, I repent, I want you to actually say the words, I repent, and I just want you to turn away and look wherever you feel like God's focus is on your eyes. So just repeat after me. Father, I love you. I surrender all things to you. And right now, I want to never lose your gaze again. And I repent. Just turn and look at him. Just turn your body. I want a physical act of turning. There's something that we we symbolically turn ourselves. And we're making a declaration with our physical body saying, God, I'm turning away, but I'm looking at you. Now what I want us to do is I want you to stay in this place of full repentance, full surrender to God. And the worship team is going to begin to sing. And if you want to join in on this song, I want you to. But I actually would love for you to be washed by the truth of this song. That this song becomes something that it, it just springs out from the inside of you. That it becomes the cry of your heart. That it becomes the standard that you actually live from, from this day forward. Jesus is all I 
something significant about a child when they lift their eyes up and they fix their gaze on you it's an invitation of intimacy don't sit there with your eyes closed or your heads down it's not a place of oh gosh I've done poorly I need your help it's a place of father I just want to look into your eyes so keep your eyes open look and picture the face of your father and look into his eyes allow his gaze to actually do something within the depths of your soul. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.